Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on Geekscape. Very excited to be here. As always, I'm Christian Blatt. I'm the DJ. He's the rapper, Eric Connor. Count Eric Connor, how are you today, sir? I am keeping it real up in the field. Thank you very much. <clears throat> yes, that is where we like to keep things real. So uh, when we were last with you, we uh, teased this week's show. We were very excited. We were going to devote an entire show to uh, Sony Pictures' latest release, Madam Web, and we are still going to talk about it. But as the days ticked by, we came across a number of things we have to talk about, like a live-action Miles Morales, but honestly, it's it's not that soon. Uh, a casting information about the Fantastic Four, and uh, we will definitely talk about that. But... Where we begin is this big news that uh, just uh, broke this morning, which is a trailer and a release date for X-Men 97, the animated film, the well, animated series, continuation of the classic animated series from 1992. We're going to start there and we'll work our way backwards and we'll work our way down. So low down that eventually we'll talk about Madam Web. But until we get to that, uh, Eric, yes. I want your immediate reaction to the the news that we're actually getting X-Men 97 sooner than we thought. And just your uh, general feelings for us getting that uh, very series, uh, you know, the fact that it's going to exist at all. It's exciting. And. You know, X-Men, uh, was it 92, right? It was the original Correct. one. Correct, yes, the original I, was 92, I, yeah. Yeah, so I was in college then, uh, or senior year of high school. So I was kind of like, probably not watching all that much animated stuff at that stage. But it's definitely one over the years I've caught and caught up with to an extent. Always loved the X-Men stories. X-Men Spider-Man is what made me such a fan of Marvel as a younger person reading comic books. And this always you know, caught the spirit of the X-Men and only in the way only a couple of the movies really have. Correct, so yeah. I, I, I think like this is I love the trailer, that one image uh, of Gambit riding Wolverine, basically, yeah. and and um, uh, electrocuting his blades or whatever you or charging up his blades. That's the kind of like geek heaven. I feel like you and I probably both, you know, felt when we were like little kids playing with like the Secret Wars action figures or the Star Wars figures. And, and so it feels like a great way to bring X-Men up to 2024 while still going back to what made X-Men always so special. And uh, and I love that Cyclops, by the way, as he's up on the screen, is front and center. He's always yeah. a character. I personally had a, leaned more towards Cyclops and Wolverine as a reader of the comic, and they've never given him much you know attention in the films no and uh you know the fact is the fact of the matter is that uh you know uh cyclops gets a really bad rep for a number of reasons uh you know the number one being of course we're talking about in the comic books basically the minute his wife gives birth he uh, skips out on the team and goes and hangs out with his ex-girlfriend who uh is returned from the dead and uh, as it turns out, uh, his actual wife is a clone of her. So, yeah, look, the uh, the, the Cyclops arc is uh, is not the strongest. 
there's some weak moments in 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 time there. Questionable uh, choices, I, questionable lifestyle yes, choices. Definitely some questionable choices. I, I agree with that. But uh, the visuals are great. You know, I uh, had the uh, same reaction you did, Eric. To there's that image that seems like something that, like you're saying, we would have come up with as kids. You know, the idea of like, well, what if? Stay with me here. What if Gambit like charged up Wolverine's claws? I think it would go something like this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I don't know if they've done that in the comics. It's been a long time since I read every month. Right. Right. I was thinking but, the exact same thing. Like, is this something we've seen? And but I, I want to see it either care. way. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I want to see it every week of my life, to be honest. Like, it's <laughs> it, it was just the idea of riding Wolverine. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, right, he's your exactly. Tauntaun, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's uh, it, it it is uh, it is quite the visual. I I do believe he's right behind him, but it does look like he's riding him. It's uh, uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. let me up. let me have that. He's riding him. He is. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, kind of a reverse of the old uh, fastball special that uh, you tend to have seen in the X Men comics, and yeah. you know they did a uh, they did a tremendous job with you know just showing us images of the show. And uh, that the teaser trailer, which our audience can kind of uh, see behind me a little bit, which is the uh, the recreation, the facsimile of uh, VHS cassettes, all spelling out uh, sure. 77, which uh, is a tremendous way to do it. And uh, for people who heard the uh, the trailer, obviously, we just showed it behind us. Um, you know that you can hear familiar voices. Uh, the the number one being Cal Dodd as Wolverine. I think that uh, that would be the toughest pill to swallow, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there there are other returning voices. Uh, Lenore Zan as Rogue, who uh, was a politician up in uh, Canada at one point. I don't know if she still is, but uh, uh, it's a it's a lot of familiar voices. And um, you know the uh, the in terms of. Uh, Bo DeMeo as a head writer, uh, he was involved in the original series, from my understanding. And uh, I know someone really well who uh, worked on this, and he's uh, very proud of the fact that it's coming out now. He's worked on it for three years. I have to find out if he's allowed to talk to us on the show. And if he's not, I'm going to go have a great lunch with him and uh, not tell any of you about it because that's uh, fine. Because of any is that he signs, but we, we can blur, I, I, we'll blur the face, and then I, I could do a, a Miss Piggy imitation yeah. for the voice if if need be. Her. Right, exactly. For for people who were fans of uh, our uh, various uh, AfterBuzz TV uh, X Men shows, no, sorry, our uh, AfterBuzz TV uh, Star Trek shows, um, you know, he's posted on social media, so I'm not really outing him at this point. But uh, my 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 buddy Frank Moran uh, has uh, been working on this for quite some time. And, uh, you know, he told me about it when he was allowed to. And uh, I would occasionally ask him things. I'm like, so is it going to is it is it going to be called X-Men 97? He's like, I, I don't even know. You know, it's like he couldn't really say anything about it, but uh, very excited and uh, hoping to get a chance to chat with him. But we're getting a premiere date. That's the uh, the big news is that the premiere date will actually be March 20th. So a little bit more than a month from right now, Eric. I I, I, I do kind of like the sort of drive-by release dates. You know, they're like, oh, and by the way, that thing, it's uh, it's actually happening really soon. I'm like, oh, great. You know, because we do this show. And boy, have I, um, 
been struggling to figure out what we're going to talk about on the show a few times, you know? <laughs> so the fact that uh, we are going to get there uh, before we know it, we're going to have something to talk about in March. Uh, very excited. Let us know in the chat your uh, excitement level for uh, X-Men 97. Uh, our buddy Daniel Drew is working, so uh, he just popped That's in. That's not an excuse. And I, I know. Where is I, I'm literally, I, I'm teaching right now. Yeah. I'm here, so... I mean, come on, Daniel. Yeah, they're yeah, exactly. They're they're learning so much from you right now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. Excited for March 20th, and uh, then we'll go with the uh, the more recent news. Which, oh, I, well, one thing I was just going to add, real, real yes, quick, please. So you know, we we talked a couple weeks ago about the Spider-Man cartoon that's going to come out, and it, it's you know, I think we all were sort of like, eh, it should be fine. But this doesn't feel like um, just just trying to kind of hedge their bets. You yeah. know, like Spider-Man cartoons, like a safe bet. This actually, to their credit, the fact that they're trying to recapture the spirit of the original 90s cartoon, what's I think kind of really exciting when you see this definitely in the trailer, like yeah. this thing looks like it could have come out in the 90s. And I think that's a pretty, pretty big swing. That's a bold choice. And and so I think there is a, a real sense of excitement. And I think this is also going to potentially find younger fans who maybe now will revisit some of this great 2D uh, animation that, you know, we either grew up with or watched when we were like, you know, a little bit older, like Bat even Batman to go over to DC. So yeah, I, sure. I think like there's nothing here that feels like it's like watered down um, or, you know, just sort of giving us, well, this is in some ways, maybe a little easier than putting a big risk on a massive new X-Men franchise. I think this is actually uh, it's pretty bold. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, and let's and remember all said and done. the fact that uh, it was a very sophisticated storytelling for sure. Saturday morning. Uh, you know, it was serialized. It was a you know, it was a large regular cast, a lot of guest characters. And uh, never forget that in the uh, the two part pilot episode, uh, they kill off uh, one of the X Men. They kill off Morph like almost instantly. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, it'll definitely be uh, interesting to see where we're at in 2024 in terms of the the sensibility and uh, the storytelling. And uh, as we said, it can only come too soon. Uh, and uh, it, it, it'll be here before we know it. Uh, yesterday, we got the big announcement of the uh, Fantastic Four casting, and uh, Eric and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday. And, uh, you know, I think that... Uh, I, I think we all had the sense that they had known this for kind of a while, you know? that the, the And we did talk about sort of the possible accidental leak that Pedro Pascal was working on this, you know, there was uh, I don't know, something that was like the SAG website. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but somebody somewhere knew that this was happening and maybe uh, opened their mouth. Um, but let's uh, take a moment and, and talk a little bit about it. Let's start with our Mr. Fantastic Pedro Pascal, who is uh, certainly um, he's a man very much uh, of the moment. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Eric? Yeah, no, I think you, you can't get much. If you're striking while the iron's hot, you can't get much hotter than what his career has been over the last like few years. So it, it's um, it, it, one headline I saw that I think is actually kind of smart is, you know, basically, is he taking over the mantle for um, Robert Downey? Yeah. And it's like, well, 
you know what? If you're, <laughs> oh no, spoiler alert, Madam yeah, Web jump, didn't sell many tickets. Jumping, jumping ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Pedro Pascal, I think is, I could see them building a new wave of property around him, you know, as a fulcrum, because he, he's such a wonderful actor. Uh, and he also has a really unique energy. Like he is different than, like he doesn't, he's not the guy you think, oh yeah, nonstop quips. That That's, that's not a term Pedro Pascal yeah. has had thrown at him. He's a terrific actor. And I mean, really his work in the Mandalorian also shows how good he is just with his voice. The idea that he could be behind a mask for 90% of uh, the show and still have such a presence. So it feels like there's a, a technical level to his acting too. the kind of skill that, you know, having vocal control, being able to act amidst yeah. the world of green screens and not get lost in the shuffle. So I mean, I'm I'm thrilled with all four of these choices. I I did think um, Jody is it Comer, the one from Killing Eve. Um, I thought she was potentially going to be Sue Storm, but I've got no issues with where they've landed. Uh, she's yeah, uh, and and I'm actress. not going to lie, I'm not that familiar with Vanessa Kirby. Uh, do you have something off the top yeah. of your head where I should know her from? She was in uh, the recent Mission Impossible's, um, okay. in kind well, of a then... pretty awesome like sort of yeah. role as like a villainess but she's i know i know the character you mean because remember we saw that movie together uh because we go on a lot of movie dates man as man we'll time about. is special between us indeed that's right but yeah she's, uh, she's, so yeah, she's great yeah and uh let's see we've got uh joseph quinn as uh as johnny storm i uh you reminded me that i knew vanessa kirby can you do the same with Joseph Quinn or? Is, yes, it can. Uh, Stranger okay. Things. Stranger okay. Things season four is okay. uh, Eddie I'm Munson. Still, yeah, I'm uh, uh, knee deep in the middle of season two of Stranger Things. One day I'll pick it back up. He was uh, a bit of a breakout star from this last season. I, I don't want to ruin too much for you, but he was. Yeah, they've, they've even made action figures of his character. Nice. Um, and he right. looks totally different. He had long hair. Um, I had no idea he was British, uh, but that uh, makes me respect well. him even more. So many of our superheroes end up having to be British. I agree with uh, Jonathan's then, casting, by the way. What's that? Jonathan London is uh, casting suggestions, which I'm completely behind. Oh, okay. I did not uh, see that. Uh, he wants Eric to play Curb E and Platt is Eddie Lumber. Oh, my God. I, I, if I, you know, and by the way, uh, you know, Stan had a cameo in the, uh, the, it was the second of the previous, the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four movies. If I could pick up the mantle and uh, put on the old USPS suit, uh, I would be honored uh, to take that up. Uh, and so then I, I do recognize his face, the uh, the gentleman on the end. But uh, boy, that that name doesn't uh, roll off the tongue. Uh, Ivan Moss Bakarak. Uh, Not so much, but he compensates yeah. in his ability. He is awesome on the bear ironically yeah. he, so he, he just by the way he is the he is the bear in the sense he's the main character on that show right uh he's not the main character oh, but he's not okay you could say his arc in season two especially was almost like the emotional yeah. center and i wasn't going to correct jonathan that it was willie lumpkin i i knew better but i'm glad nah, he corrected nah, 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 nah. it's jonathan's site you know we we we, we respect we respect the boss. <laughs> uh, no, so, okay, he's a, so he's on the bear. Okay. Yeah. And he won an Emmy for season one, which I actually have this theory that he is so great in season two. It's very good in season one. Season two was the season though that his character really just developed so beautifully. And I, I, I wonder if the Emmy voters didn't realize because the Emmys got pushed back so far that they were actually voting 
for season one, not season two. Either way, I'm glad this guy's got an Emmy as Mantle. He deserves it. He's uh, and him as Ben, I think, would be great because he also uh, has shown in uh, the Bear he can play uh, a badass really well. Right. So and uh, and of course, um, I do recognize him from Andor. You know, I I, I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't a major character in there, but I believe mm-hmm. he was in the prison there. Uh, so. Uh, that'll be great. There's uh, definitely speculation based on, you know, some of the, uh, the images that we've seen in terms of just when this is going to be set. There's a, uh, there's sort of a, a hopeful energy out there that people want it to be set like in the sixties, sort of the original time. But, uh, some of the artwork, I think people are feeling like it looks like it could be the eighties. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be told in a way that it's, uh, you know, it's sort of like they did with Captain Marvel, where it's like, oh, this is the 90s. And we kind of didn't tell you about this. Uh, obviously, this could be somewhere else in the multiverse. I'm not really sure what we're going to get in regards to that. But it is exciting. It seems like they uh, have had their cast for a while and they just wanted to be like, all right, let's get it out there. Mm-hmm. The Pedro Pascal is read, I think, was one of those worst kept secrets. And. You know, I was uh, messaging with a friend earlier today who isn't crazy about the casting, but he didn't really have an alternative. You know, I mean, we heard John Krasinski. They, he even had the cameo in, in Multiverse of Madness. And I mean, I think he's great. He didn't feel like Reed Richards. I think that they must feel that, one, Pedro Pascal is great, but two, they must feel like he's the the best person to bring to life their vision for Reed Richards, you know, whatever story they want to tell, they feel like he's the guy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a cast photo from the most recent fantastic four with miles Teller and K Mara. So obviously we're much more excited. I know we don't usually, we try not to talk about that movie here very much, but sometimes except for my pitch for fantastic five featuring she Hulk and the four of them. Which, uh, thankfully, uh, Kevin Feige didn't uh, return my. Uh, no, he did. He, he doesn't usually return your calls. That's uh, so the sort of, uh, you know, it, it was kind of an aside and we would have mentioned it very quickly at the top of the show if it was the only thing that happened. But there was sort of these comments that were made that uh, there will be a live action Miles Morales Spider-Man movie after Spider-Man four, the next one with Tom Holland. And after they tie up the Spider-Verse animated universe. Uh, so it's one of those like, oh, yeah, yeah, we want to do that. But we're just telling you right now. Uh, and the same friend I referenced earlier was wondering why all this, uh, why so much news kind of came out in the last week. And I'm like, even though it's a Sony movie, I think Marvel doesn't want the narrative to be Madam Web. I just feel like they're like, look at all this other really cool stuff, you know. The fact that the the X-Men 97 trailer didn't come out sooner might be like, "Eh, let's go ahead and save it for that uh, long President's Day weekend. But, uh, you know, look, I I don't know the Miles Morales character very well. I'm I'm an old guy who read old comics where Miles Morales wasn't Spider-Man. I I, I don't even know much about Ben Riley being Spider-Man. So uh, I love him in the Spider-Verse movies. I think he's a great character and uh, getting to explore him live action will be great. And, uh, you know, he is one of the three Spidey and his amazing friends that my daughter watches. So uh, that's probably the most of, uh, of where I see Miles. But uh, I don't know. It seems like a no brainer that at some point, because yeah. they're not saying we're going to stop telling Peter Parker stories. I think that would be a mistake. I think it's just in mm-hmm. addition to, 
Peter Parker stories. We're also going to tell Miles Morales stories, which the Spider-Verse proved. There are pr plenty of Spideys out there, right, Eric? An infinite amount of Spideys. Yeah. And the, the only concern, honestly, I think I might have, weirdly enough, for Miles Morales live action is he's been so wonderfully you know, represented by the animated movies. It's, it's actually going to be kind of hard to follow that up. And... Yeah. And even not necessarily to better it, but at least to match it. I, I, I don't know how old that actor is going to be, but my guess is he's going to not be, he's going to be too old to play the live action version. And so, you know, finding someone who's got that charm and, uh, you know, is as just immensely likable as the Miles Morales we've had in the Spider-Verse, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty tall order. I'm thrilled they're doing it. Um, but they've now like the bar is so high that has already been set for miles uh, before right. even page one of the screenplay. So uh, I, I just hope uh, I hope they do them justice is I guess how I'd put it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I hope so. And I do believe they will. Uh, I do want to circle back because uh, you know, if the, the big boss man's in the chat, uh, we want to acknowledge uh, he said that I thought it was stated that the fantastic four movie would be 1963. Now, what I saw was that it was speculated that it would be in 1963 based on this image where we see Ben uh, holding a Life magazine and, and, you know, the detective work of the Internet showed that it's from like December 1963. And the expectation is that it takes place in the 60s. Uh, and, you know, we have the astronaut there. Uh, I don't know. I had somebody say to me that they thought it was going to be in the 80s, but maybe that was a mistake on their part. And that's also possibly my mistake in uh, believing everything that everyone tells me. Uh, I'm a bit of a sucker, as uh, Eric will tell you. So I, it, he's not lying. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I actually think taking some of these stories to other time periods, it, it's funny because I, I know we'll get over to Madam Webb, but Madam Webb, 2003, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't it's period-ish, I suppose. But, you know, there is something to be said for like, Marvel does uh, expand back for, for decades and decades. Like, why not uh, take advantage of some of those stories that are really era specific? So I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a 1960s set Marvel film. I thoroughly enjoyed the first Captain America, largely because yeah. of its period. So I, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been a minute since I'm I've seen it, but I, I, I still contend that that's my favorite MCU movie is the first Captain America. I just think it, it works as a standalone movie uh, and then also as part of, you know, the bigger universe. Now, uh, obviously, we welcome comments, feedback, speculation on all of those big stories that uh, have now taken up, you know, the first 23 minutes of the show. Uh, and it's kind of a welcome respite uh, from uh what we're about to talk about now, Eric, you did prepare something special. I did. Do you want me to start with that or should Ooh. we talk about it? And I have a follow-up question for you about what you prepared. Should we talk about it first? I, I well, I, I, I think it, it might be a nice way to kind of ease us into where we're about to go. Okay. And uh, where we're going, it's, it's a little dark. I mean, we're going to, Take it easy. We're going to get tangled into Cassandra Webb's web and uh, we're we walking need to buckle in the spider before webs. we do that. Yeah, we are walking. Yeah. <laughs> Leave a message and I'll call you back. I'll call you back. Um, now, I know you used music in this. Did you use generic library music or do I need to? Uh, no, I no. I, I I take care of my kids. All right. I, I this is license free. We're fine. 
I didn't okay. put uh, my my uh, little herd uh, romantic single I released back in '98. So no, we're good. Yeah, you're you're uh, a regular David Brent uh, putting out your own single Sing- singles. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Uh, all right, so I'm going to play it off of the YouTube link that you sent to me, and uh, I do hope that uh, everyone is able to enjoy this. And uh, I I only like I just basically set it up so that I could play the you know make sure that it was able to play. So I have not heard it yet. Uh, so I just knew by from the two seconds that there was music. So uh, let's see what we got here. And that was only yesterday. Oh, and you you brought tea cakes. That was delightful. Yeah. Uh, we took a picture with Batman. How fun was yes, that? We did. And uh, all, all our new the, friends you know, we made in the theater. The theater was not more full than that. There I am taking in the great, the great Nicole Kidman. All right, the tomato meters at fourteen percent. That's that's a little bit unfair. Man, may, may not have been a web us. screening for masturbating to Sydney Sweeney. That wasn't us. That was a different it, screening of. That it. might have been the lo- a different variant of uh, Christian. We can't say. Yeah. But happy Valentine's Day to all our viewers, all our listeners, and especially to the Madam Web of my heart, Christian Blatt. <laughs> Very nice. I want to go back to the uh, to <laughs> to the where did you do this? You you maniac. Uh, there was a, a Valentine that you did, but uh, I uh, didn't well, I pause have, it I in have, time. Yeah, it's it's right. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll I get also to have it. a still right. of that. No, no, I'll get to it. So uh, basically, tell us what it says. It's uh, it's Cassandra in an outfit she wears at no time in this movie. By the way. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a line that we would have been much richer to hear. Let's go on a date in the Amazon where my mom yeah. was researching spiders right before she died to Christian from Eric. I, I do. I do love that. And uh, that's that's some very nice work. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Uh, I had to play it off YouTube. I didn't quite have the amount of time to download it. Uh, but uh, I love that. And. Yes, uh, as I, uh, I, you know, I did spoil a little bit earlier the fact that, you know, you saw, for those of you who are watching, you saw that video. <clears throat> and you know that uh, we have an empty theater behind us. And uh, I just want to share the visual representation that it wasn't um, much more full than that. Uh, this was like a week out. I bought a ticket. I, I bought my ticket first. As literally the one seat in the middle. <laughs> and then Christian sent me that. And I'm like, which one is you? <laughs> That's true. You did say that. And uh, yeah, so that that was, uh, you know, that was at that point. And I was curious. I wanted to see, you know, how how business was possibly booming, you know, once we were actually at the big release date. You know, I wanted to get an idea of like, you know, before we actually went to the movie, I was like, all right, well, I mean there have to be more people seeing this movie now, right? And to be fair, I'm right. There's more than just the two of us, although it looked like it was only the two of us, uh, you know, until like the day before. Uh, And then as I commented to Eric when we sat down to watch this movie, uh, that, you know, I went to this same AMC when they reopened in the summer of 2021 after uh, being closed for the pandemic. And, uh, the the spacing yesterday uh, was much more severe than it was when they uh, reopened after a global pandemic. It it was um, it was a little sparse. Is that fair to say? 
It, oh yeah, no. I mean, sometimes you go to the movies because you want to be alone, and this was one of those times. It, it, I yeah. felt much peace and solitude there amidst the six others in a theater that could sit several hundred. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, Jonathan uh, Strange said that they were lost. Uh, time and negative zone acts differently. We're going to see what happens. I can't wait to to see that story. And uh, William Walton wanted to know, where's the Peter Parked Car Spider-Man film? It's coming. At, look, after this movie, I think Peter Parked Car should definitely be coming. I, I, I think Sony right now, everything's on the table for any Spider-relevant property. Um, yeah. I mean, including Spider-Rico uh, from uh, Rocky and Spider oh. from Goodfellas. I thought you were talking about Spider-Uncle Rico, and I was very confused as to what that was, but uh, that seems like something <laughs> entirely different. Uh, but, yes, yeah, Spider-Rico. Um, so, look, <clears throat> I think that there was a bit of a – there was a, definitely a bit of a marketing issue. Uh, you know, sometimes weird, ironic things can work in your favor. Uh, they had this – this. Uh, interaction i actually don't know who the reporter was what outlet he was with but he got to speak to dakota johnson and uh there was a lot of heat off of this clip let's just say and i want everybody to take a look at three spider-man uh tom holland movies yeah <laughs> should i just that part's a good it? answer yeah oh. spider-man here's here he comes here he comes that's that's yeah. number one yep spider-man and he's back and the other one the last one is yeah. um at uh, the Goblet of Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Harry, Spider-Man, and the Goblet of Man. <laughs> now, if, if, if I were editing that, uh, I would have just gone right to her answer, uh, Harry, Goblet, and the Spider of Man. Uh, it was kind of a funny answer, but uh, yeah, there was the impression of like, okay, so... Uh, this lady does not uh, does not uh, know that much about the, about the I, universe that she's. I, I'm actually worried she got some kind of lasting effects from concussion syndrome due to her work in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, I, I, I think, maybe he he hit her a little too hard. Or something. That that like, might have been the case. So, interestingly enough, they uh, there's there's so there's one that you sent me, which we'll get to in a moment. But there was some marketing that uh, also for whatever reason, uh, featured uh, present-day Raven Simone, and I want everybody to check this out. Hi, John from the Madam Web Marketing team. And yes, I would love to make a video for you. <laughs> Whoa. How did you know I was calling you to ask you that? Because I can gaze into the future. <laughs> oh, I mean, who wouldn't buy a ticket for that movie after that? <laughs> Well, I mean, Raven Simone, a uh, wonderful performer, and she's never been uh, more popular than right now. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can totally uh, see I, why I you I believe what, what you're talking about is that uh, there's definitely some Raven Simone. But I didn't mean to jump right into it. That's my mistake. But uh, there is definitely heat from Sydney Sweeney. And uh, you sent this one to me. And this we'll talk a lot. We'll, we'll talk a lot about this clip. But uh, yeah, you might want to turn up the sound uh, if you can when you're playing it, because I mean, I don't know what the, the, the sounds there. Well, I don't I, I don't think that there's uh, there's music. I, I, I think it's OK. I, but, well, if it's not there's a little I'll bit of music in it, you'll, you'll okay, hear it. I think it's I know Taekwondo. What? Madam Web. 
So we see her in the Julia Carpenter costume. We see her shooting electricity. We see her kicking. And um, lies. I'm going to spoil this right now. Lies. The amount of time you see that in that commercial is exactly how much time in the movie she's dressed like that and does those things. And listen, I I mean, okay, Sydney Sweeney dressed like this in this kind of an outfit. I I mean, I, I understand if you sure. even have one frame of that in your movie right now, you're going to put that on the poster. That's going to be the entire yeah. marketing. If you have her in that outfit, which they did, yes. but the joke is you're right. It, 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 if you saw that in no other marketing, your thought is she is Madam web. Yeah. She is not <laughs> Madam web. <laughs> Nowhere no. close to Madam web. She is a, a, uh, a, a high school character who. It's supposed to be the naive innocent, and yet uh, they they put her in a, in a, in a skirt so short that yeah. I've, one thought I was like, oh, is a Catholic school often? But you guys know it's not actually. No, it's it's, it's definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As, as Brittany, of course, once said, uh, not that innocent. And also, she said no. toxic. She did which, say toxic, which uh, you know might be the a, only a good whole- scene. I mean, is it a good scene? It, it's like it's a scene that definitely catches your attention. There's a dancing scene. Uh, there's a scene where they're dancing oh. on tables to uh, to Toxic by Britney Spears. Because remember, it's 2003. And we'll talk about reasons why that is the case. I, I, I think I've got theories. There, there's theories galore, really, as to why that might be the case. Um, but in I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it. It just, uh, I don't. I think that they were just like they said to the marketing team, like whatever you can do. Uh, and like somebody's like, oh, I'm friends with Raven Simone. They're like, great. Why don't you just go ahead and see if we might be able to, you know, get her to do something, anything? It's like, yeah, she she'll probably do it for free. All right, great. Now then, run with it. But well, we, uh, we we got our we got a pick of the litter. We got Raven. We got Kirk Cameron. We got Alan or Robin Thicke. I mean, we our, I our mean, choices are endless well, for Marvel. Alan's passed on, but uh, I, I think that uh, Kirk Cameron could sell it to a very specific demographic. So if you could get Kirk Cameron and Raven Simone, that might be the way to go. And, you know, look, we did not a whole show, but we really spent time looking at this trailer for uh, Madam Web. You know, we spent a good chunk of a show actually just, you know, watching it and reacting to it. And uh, as, as you recall, we uh, were not impressed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of the scenes that people are seeing now are in that diner scene, which, you know, is the best sequence, even though some of it actually doesn't happen in the, the narrative of the story. You know, some of it is flashes of things that Cassandra sees. Um, but it's. Um, well, I'm going to go first and try to please, describe please. this movie. And, you know, you and I were talking uh, afterwards and I, I'm just going to have to put it this way. And, and, you know, I'm trying to tell people no spoilers. I'm trying to not talk about the movie in, in strong terms. Now's the point where we kind of have to get into what it is about the movie. And in no uncertain terms, I just want to say that this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And I think if you've seen me comment on some of this stuff over the years, you'll know that I actually felt I messaged a, a friend of ours. I said, this movie would have been so much better if carnage had shown up in act three. And uh, I stand by that, Eric, (laughs) 
Oh, sure. uh, the Venom movies, the Venom movies are better than this. You know, we'll talk about it, but Venom is better than this. Venom 2 is better than this. Morbius is better than this. And even something that we recently watched together for the first time, Electra is better than this. And the reason why those movies are better is that those movies have a lead who is compelling to watch even when the material's not great. You know, Jared Leto is worth watching in a bad movie like Morbius because he is very good, you know, and I, I think Jennifer Garner is uh, is very compelling to watch. And I, I don't know what uh, Venom 2 was all about, but I do like Woody Harrelson and, you know, Tom Hardy's great. Um, this didn't have that, you know what I mean? She, Dakota Johnson just does not have a compelling presence and you don't feel like she's a particularly capable actress and when I'm being mean, as I said to you beforehand, uh, she is the third most talented actor growing up in her household. And uh, I say that to be mean, but I also say that to spout facts and share them with you, the audience. I think it's important. Um, there were moments where we could not respect the adage of seeing a movie in a theater. That adage, of course, being shh. There were a couple times where we had to say something to each other. There was laughing and when things weren't funny. And uh, there's a couple times where things yeah. were supposed to be funny and there wasn't really laughing. E um, each of us took turns, I think, like losing our mind at some point. Yeah, Weirdly enough, ne never the same moment. Though. Never the we same time. It, we, there wasn't one specific moment that both of us, it just turned us brain dead. But yeah. there, the, the fact that we had this conversation as we walked out, is this movie worse or better than Superman 4? That to me says it all, and, and that uh, that says it all. And and I'll yeah. just uh, I'll, I'll just explain that the we, decision that it is better than super it, no sorry that Superman four is better than is it, better than this because, right yeah Superman four is better and it it's was at one point I considered to be one of the worst comic book movies I'd ever seen maybe even the at one point uh, I said it I said this is better uh, sorry that this is not as good as Batman and Robin the George Clooney Batman. This is worse than Superman 4 because Superman 4 had, well, had one important thing, which is Christopher Reeve. Number two, it had Gene Hackman. And number three, it had John Cryer as his nephew. I, I kind of love John Cryer, especially this era of John Cryer, you know, like 87, because uh, you and I were talking about a movie he did called uh, Hiding Out, yeah. where he's like, a, Great film. he's like a Wall Street broker who pretends to be in high school. And uh, so, yeah, Superman 4 is far and away superior to this. And now I'll let you get back to your thoughts, sir. This was a question, uh, uh, Alex, my son, who has made occasional appearances on this show. Correct. You know, he asked me, is this the worst superhero movie you've ever seen? And and I, I told him, I don't know if it is, but I'm having a hard time thinking of a worse one. And I was yeah, I wanted and, to bring that I'll, to I'll, you. What do you yeah. I, can you think no, of a the, so the, the the Roger Corman Fantastic Four is is better than this. Better I, than this. I contend yeah. that at this moment, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four is the best Fantastic Four movie we've ever seen. Craig Robinson, worse than Thor The yeah. Dark World. Absolutely, Absolutely, 100%. If there are only two films ever made, Thor The Dark World and Madam Web, Thor The Dark World is Citizen Kane. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it uh, no, it, Thor the Dark World is much better. Thor the, Thor the Dark World has a great cast, that's already uh, you know a, a starting point. Um, and uh, Craig also had some thoughts. Sounds like they're spinning a web of lies, 
They've been stringing us all along. They're yeah. definitely trying to string you all the way into the movie theater. That that's where they're casting their web to is is right there. So uh, yeah, I, but it's hard to think of one that's worse because I we just went through some of the worst. Um, I would have to, and I couldn't put myself through this again. But the 2015 Fantastic Four, that might be worse than this. But yeah, you could make that I, argument easily. You could make yeah. that argument, but I, I'm also not going to go out on a limb and say for certain it's worse than this. It's just okay. It might be. Um, that movie sounds very like a future. Bad. By the way, sounds like a future episode. I think we oh. might have to do a deep dive for the sake of all of you, not for ourselves, no, for all of for you, ourselves. because no, we want to protect you. I, I told one of my friends I saw Madam Web, so you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, so in essence, like that. The fact that you could put those movies side by side um, and there is talent and there's a fair amount of talent in the Fantastic Four movie they ruined, which might give it the edge because you do have some really legitimate actors floating around in that mix who oh, have yeah, never no, been no, worse. That, yeah, which I might mean, make it yeah, give it the advantage. You know, I enjoy Miles Teller and other things. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Kate Mara. I, I think my favorite performance was when Kevin Spacey pushed her onto the train tracks, but in general, uh, she can be at least okay in movies, yeah. you know, Kate Mara. And yes, Michael B. Jordan is Johnny storm. That's not the casting I would have gone with, but he's tremendous. He's phenomenal. So, you know what I'm going to say right now, Madden Webb is worse than that fantastic four movie. Wow. All uh, right. Because the, just because of like, who's in it. It, it's just it's all yeah. it, it's already better. It has to be. But I am not saying that that's a good movie. And I'm not saying that this is a good movie. I'm trying to tell people I'm singing it from the town square. This might be the worst movie I've ever seen in the theater. I was telling you, I hated the Harry Styles movie. Don't worry, darling. Harry Styles, Florence Pugh. This is worse than that. And I know some people liked it. I don't understand how. I, uh, I I may have lost a friend or two by saying that only stupid people like that movie, but kind of stand by that. <laughs> and then if if anybody sees this and thinks it's great, let me know. Our buddy Daniel. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't let us know. If you see it and you like it, please drive yourself to the nearest, not urgent care, emergency no. room. Emergency something room. happened to you and we, and we care thing. about you. We want you to be uh, okay. But this, yeah. and by the way, okay, the acting here. I'm sorry, you were you were about to go on. No, a I was going to say our buddy Daniel Drew, who tries oh, to Drew, see the, the positive and everything. Yes. He wrote. A, he posted a message, which I'll look for. Uh, he posted a review on his website, and you know he's trying to be like, well, you know, it's not the worst I've ever seen. And I'm like, well, okay, I could argue that, but also I could understand if somebody says it's not the worst I've ever seen. Uh, but what was the point you wanted to make, Eric? Oh, I was actually going to swing back to uh, the acting. Was that he, a web he, pun? It's slight, slight. It wasn't intentional, but I'll I'll, I'll take it I'll if it worked. It. If not, it was I'll not. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> so Dakota Johnson, I it's funny. She she had Lost Daughter, which was a pretty good film from uh, a year or two ago. She's actually really interesting in that film. But I think she's the kind of actor that you need a director who really knows how to use her skills. And I'm not just. I mean, again, she's of course attractive, but just what she brings. And in that one she was kind of like, she didn't say much. She was sort of mysterious. You didn't quite know what made her tick. And actually that worked really well in that film. And for her as a performer, putting her front and center here 
And I, yeah. I did not make it through very much of Fifty Shades of Grey. Don't read into that. How, uh, how many shades? How many shades did you get I, through? Two, I got, three, to, I, I got to like uh, Burgundy, and then I stopped. Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't no, even make you, it over I, to the gray side of the family. Uh, that but, is, uh, that is not close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, uh, she's not great in that. She's as a lead, terrible, but also the you know it's the how much of her fault how much is script fault she's supposed to be uh an emt she's supposed to be like the queen of of right driving those ambulances safely in the in the mean streets of queens and the bronx and that's yeah. that's that's not a, that's not an easy gig but she yeah. also gets a gift from the child of one of the patients she saved you know and this kid it's just gone through the trauma of see his seeing his mom almost die and Correct. gives a yes. little drawing to her and her response. And I get the idea. She there's start. You always say this in writing. You start them here to bring them over here. So she's she's childless. She doesn't know how to deal with children. She's been she lost her mom in the womb, but she was in the womb. The mom. Died. So she's gone through all this trauma. So we get it. Yeah, she has a hard time with family and with loved ones. And she's a little bit cold around the heart. But this poor child just went through such hell and he gives her a terrible drawing, which I would have critiqued him on, despite his trauma, about, oh, thank you for saving my mom. And her response is, oh, uh, what, what am I supposed to do with this draw? And it's like, yeah. what is happening in this film? Was this? I'm convinced they shot the rehearsals for half this movie, including the action scenes. But her acting in particular, she must not have known that was a take. Because that's the only explanation for, for why she would do what she did in front of the lens. Let she, me be devil's advocate for a moment. Please, advocate or these away. Are, or these are all the best takes, and this is what they could I, I can't. I, it, my mind can't handle that idea. By the <laughs> way, uh, Craig Robbins says, uh, says uh, Eric, your sacrifice means everything, seeing this movie so we don't have to. And William Walton, we should just go ahead and give Madam Webb all the Oscars right now. There is an award that I do believe. Uh, oh, the Razzies. Are, the, Razzies the Razzies will get it. They don't do it anymore? No, no, no. I'm saying oh, the Razzies are there is Madam it's Webb's a, to lose. It's a clean sweep for Madam Webb. It it's February 15th. And I already we're already saying it here and now. Yeah. Madam Webb will will sweep at the at the Razzies deservedly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, before we get into some of the specifics, uh, I do want to talk about what our buddy Daniel Drew says because he's always uh, very thoughtful. And uh, you know, uh, look, in some ways, I am kind of uh, like this. I do try. I always try to find something that I can like about everything. I like movies that uh, people don't, especially when they're parts of universes that uh, maybe I, I, I'm predisposed to enjoy. So uh, our buddy Daniel Drew on his website, I'm going to give him a plug, thephantomblender.com, which uh, the, no, the Phantom Bender. I, so I guess that's <laughs> not the same thing. Uh, I, look, I don't have my glasses on. Uh, so I guess uh, Bender <laughs> from Futurama, which uh, I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, and he says something that right away that uh, this is the reason I wanted to bring it up. And Daniel says, well, it was better than Venom 2. And right away, I have to stop, Daniel. Is it? Is it really? Is it really better than Venom 2? Now, maybe he feels that way. Uh, it wasn't an altogether bad movie. Again, I disagree. It wasn't amazing, but I've seen worse. Name five. <laughs> Name two. Yeah, yeah, two is fine. Uh, and uh, he thinks that the cast did a good job. And uh, I think that might be where we could agree to disagree. Uh, I will say 
that uh, Celeste O'Connor, who plays Maddie, uh, I think she's actually very well cast. She's uh, I understand she's going to be in the, the next Ghostbusters movie. I think she was also in the previous one. But I saw her. Uh, Zach Braff put out a movie last year uh, called A Good Person. It is rough. It is not a fun movie. Florence Pugh's in it. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman's in it. Molly Shen. Great performances. Really well-made movie. It is a tough one to get through for a number of reasons. But uh, Celeste Connor's in there. And I think that she was good in this. She's the character where I'm like, yeah, I would see more. I kind of want to see that. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe that the Madam Web uh, multiverse is being built around this. Uh, maybe somebody thought that at one point. But uh, I, I, I don't think we're going to ever. Do you think I'm going out on a limb to say I don't think we'll ever see any of these characters in a movie again, Eric? No, nah, it's not even hanging on by a thread at this point. I, I mean, yeah. that that ship's that ship was sunk even before the, the reviews came out. Box office, this one's going to be behind the Bob Marley movie. It's not going to do well. Yeah. And, but even before that, I think they knew that Which... this 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 is part of their the the spider uh, approach with Sony. It's just like, all right, let's pull out every character we can. And yeah. see which one clicks. And so far, the only one that has really is Venom. So yes, and you know, I think Venom is, thus it, we have it, Venom three. If yeah, later this year. Uh, until Craven is going to prove everybody wrong and is going to be the best movie of twenty twenty four. You'll see. We'll be talking about it on this show. Um, look, when Madam Web didn't have one of those press screenings, I like to brag about going to. It it was an indication that there might be trouble because I will tell you. There was a press screening for Morbius. They had an really? expectation of Morbius heading into it. They knew kind of what it was, and they decided to roll the dice and uh, let people like me see it. And uh, I, I did my best to find the things that I like. It was more. It was a lot of stuff like, oh, I like Matt Smith. You know, not in this, but I do like him in general. It was great to see the Doctor be a bad guy. You know, that sort of a thing. Um, this didn't have any of that, and. I, I highlight Celeste O'Connor because it's kind of the one thing uh, I don't watch Euphoria. So I don't know Sydney Sweeney. And I think that they have her sort of play this, this glasses, very timid character because there would at some point be a reveal for her to actually be this badass superhero. I do love the, that, that uh, black costume spider woman character, uh, who was also introduced in Secret Wars at the same time that uh, mm -hmm. the Spider-Man black suit that you were holding up earlier. So I like that iteration of Spider-Woman. Uh, I could be on board for that character. And what we're seeing is like, I mean, it's not even a first draft of the character. It's like the ingredients were mixed, but they never even put her into the oven. So we're not going to get to see a fully baked Sydney Sweeney character. You know what not I mean? At all. I, we're just yeah, not going to get to see it yet. I'm going to take that metaphor even one step further. It's the mac and cheese that's still in the box. Like nothing has been opened. <laughs> the, and, and I think what you, you hinted at before with talking about like they're trying to market this thing, especially because Sydney Sweeney right now is having a moment. She did that romantic sure. comedy that actually made money, which romantic comedies don't do anymore. Yet this one yeah. did. Um, she, I, I have seen Euphoria, which means I've seen a lot of Sydney Sweeney. Oh, you've seen a lot of her. Oh, okay, I see 100% yes. okay. of her. Oh, um, all right. Including I think one or two of her internal organs. Like she's very oh, my free goodness. in that in that role. Oh. And she's good in that. Um I don't know how great an actress she is, although I think she's fine in this. Actually, I would say all three of the girls, although I, we you and I both agreed that 
um, uh, Celeste O'Connor was was head she, and she stood out. Yeah, from the yeah. time that she like flips over the ambulance and flips off the ambulance, you yeah. definitely noticed her. We had no, maybe at that point we hadn't, but you see Sydney Sweeney in sort of a very inexplicable moment where she's in the sort of the recovery room at the hospital because the little girl who gave uh, Cassandra the drawing was Sydney Sweeney's uh, Julia's stepsister. And I'm like, oh man, they are really. They're really trying to put them all together in the same place, you know? Yeah. But, it, it, yeah. And it felt like a stretch. And and the thing is, too, you know, I, before you're saying like spoilers, I, I would say there's almost nothing to spoil here. No, you, no, no. Right? The, the, like the spoilers the didn't people. make it. The spoilers didn't make it on the screen. There no, are implied spoilers, which we'll now talk about. And I, I'm not even putting a spoiler alert up on the screen. I can't no, do it. I can't there's justify nothing it. To, but there's nothing to spoil. There's nothing to actually spoil. No, uh, by the way, Daniel all. Drew is now with us. I'm done with chess club. The first graders weren't that bad. My son's in fourth grade and he's uh, having fun with chess club. So Wait, did uh, Daniel take on the first graders? Was it like, <laughs> yeah, versus? it was, it was all the first graders uh, versus Daniel and uh, Daniel beat them. No, he, I believe he, uh, he teaches chess to uh, a group of kids. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, some kind of after school program, which sounds great. I, I, I'm, I fully applaud people who are trying to uh, pass any kind of knowledge to kids like mine uh, who, you know, they say, I want to play chess. And I'm like, what's that? You know? So oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> but, my, my son plays chess. He goes, when am I going to play you? I'm like, uh, and then I just run away. Um, <laughs> somebody in the, totally in the like. chat, whose username I'm going to have to disagree with Cowboys. Oh. Fan 92. However, the sentiment, man, that film was terrible. Uh, and yes, that is, uh, I, I look, uh, Cowboys fan 92, Eric and I might not agree with you on a lot of things. We are going to uh, agree. Uh, yeah, Daniel, you might need to back up the part where I said that this might be the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, I did read a little bit. Uh, yeah, Daniel, we were actually reading uh, some of your blog. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I misidentified it. Uh, what did I call it? I called the, the it blender, the phantom blender, the phantom like blender. A, uh, I think I and, you know, we're kind of talking about the cast, the, the three girls uh, the, with the three young women, uh, I do think are very good. And yeah, those are that they're their cast with the idea that one day they would reprise those characters. I mean, that's not going to happen, but I can see that I can see how they were cast. It was like, it's, it's yes, it's about this movie, but it's also more about how we would have seen them again, you know, teaming up against venom or uh, something or, or, you know, Craven hunting them, which basically was the plot of this movie is that the big bad who is neither big, but pretty bad is hunting them the way that Craven uh, hunts people, you know? And uh, it, it's in 2003, so they're like, oh, I've got all this newfangled facial recognition technology. I'm like, oh, you mean stuff that's like on a website now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, the stuff, I mean, the fact is my phone can identify the breed of my dogs, you know? Right. So, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. See, seeing this, and so since you brought up Tah Tahar Rahim. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm thinking for looking up his name, yes. Oh, yeah, I got it right here. Tahar Rahim. Now we can we can argue about not even we 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 could pontificate about sure. whether or not this is the worst Marvel movie, um, even maybe is it the worst movie that we've seen in a theater. But but I would say I cannot think of a worst villain in any of these superhero movies than this one. Tahar Rahim was so terrible. He play plays the same beat the whole movie. 
Correct. He's not like his line delivery is makes Dakota Johnson actually by comparison seem like Kate Blanchett. Uh, he <laughs> and his motive is like the three of them are going to kill me. And then later on, in case you, I don't know how to go pee, the three of them are destined to kill me. I have seen it. And then later on, three of them, they will kill me one day. And and you realize, like, they never gave a thought to anything about this guy as a, as a character. You know, it, it, yeah. there's no, it, he's just there to kill. Now, at least with Craven, we get why Craven hunts, you know? Yeah. This one, we understand he wants them dead because they're going to kill him. But even that, they they completely sort of like in the end of the film again not really a spoiler it's like well his vision didn't come true at all yeah. like his vision was just it wasn't even just ironically wrong it was just wrong yeah you know no, no. It, he, he he does get killed by ha- by them but mostly by an EMS driver you know I yeah mean, that's basically what the vision and is. and 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 also Pepsi which I've been told Pepsi will kill you but the yeah, Pepsi well, sign is actually his look, undoing clearly this movie was targeting the Pepsi generation. There's so much Pepsi in this. Oh movie. my god, I it, forgot to the, mention. The ironically, or not? No. Yeah. I I put a pe- so my wife came home. She had an extra can of Pepsi Zero or whatever Pepsi Max, which I, I right. think is a correct a solid yes. beverage for the PepsiCo Foundation. In case you want to sponsor either Geekscape yes. or Blackcast Worldwide, I put it in the freezer, just thinking, oh, I'll just let it get cold and I'll have it, and I forgot about it and it exploded. Oh, no. So oh. there, the Pepsi curse. Has carried See? over from this film, and it has followed me home like Final Destination. The defense uh, rest. Daniel Drew, who always jumps into the chat with uh, tidbits like this. Uh, funnily enough, Cassandra Webb does get killed eventually by a relative of Craven. So interesting that Craven is the next movie. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. And look, yeah, Milo from Morbius was also not great. We, I did some comparison between this movie and Morbius. Yeah, uh, all the characters needed character development. I agree with that, uh, and. I, I Except think for Adam that, Scott, he was the only character that I think I understood I anything about. I, I I was watching back the trailer. We were watching it before. I didn't know he was in this movie. I really like him. You know, yeah, uh, Severance was great on Apple Plus. I thought that he was a tremendous addition to Parks and Rec in general. I like him when I see stuff. He's a hot tub time machine. You know, I always tend to like him. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, he he does what Adam Scott does in this movie, and yeah. there might be some logic flaws. Uh, yeah, and, and Daniel's got a lesson for you. Uh, never freeze carbonated drinks. I, I listen, uh, I knew that. I just Craig forgot. is asking if he's worse than Lex and Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. You yeah. mean Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg is way better than anybody in this movie. He's like, again, we're not saying that these things that we're saying are better than this, we're not saying they're good, we're just saying that this is worse. That's <laughs> all we're trying to teach each and every one of you. I think it's important. Uh, Daniel, I agree. I was excited to see the costumes, but I uh, guess we wouldn't get them nope. that much. And yep, he was right. So look, how much? Well, well, Christian, how much screen yeah. time do you think? So the trio, oh no, we'll come the three, the, the three blind spiders. Like how much screen time do they actually have in this film? You think all said and I done mean, total in, in, in total screen time? Total. Um, probably, you know, honestly, like if you're counting like just one of them, you know, in moments, you know, this is a two hour movie. Maybe half an hour, maybe a little bit more. In costume, for each of them, it's about 60 seconds. But that's you know. what I was gonna say. Exactly. Yeah. One minute of them is as actual yeah. superheroes. Yeah. And 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 that's where the marketing it's it's kind of like the recent mean girls, they sort of were trying to hide that it's a musical. Yeah. This, There's no this, music in the trailer to mean girls. Yeah. yeah. 
And this one here, they're trying to make it look like it's a band of, of spider women all working together. Now, in I guess if you just go by the letter of that, yes, it is. But when you watch the marketing of this, in fact, you think that it's going to be, again, uh, Sydney Sweeney in a skin-tight outfit. Yeah. It's not. Well, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought Sorry. it up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, because I know we showed this already. But I think it's important for Daniel and people who are joining late. Yes. This is part of the marketing of this movie. Three reason, reasons to see Madame Web. One. Two. You see her in the costume. Now. What? And then again. Oh, my lasers. God. And it made it look like she's in that last scene. That last yeah. scene is is the climax. It's Cassandra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, I mean, it's it's just, I mean, like, like really, you, you know, I know people bring up lawsuits all the time and they dox all the time. They they strike all the time. But this is one where you really like there's there's creative marketing and there's lying. <laughs> and there's lying. Lies, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! There's like they're in it for a minute as these, and even then, by the way, it's not like it's it, it's like a cool minute. You know, sometimes that might be enough, like a great little yeah. tiny set piece. It's not even that. It's just flashes of a fight that never happens. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing is the the images that we're talking about and were used in that very short uh, viral trailer. They're from visions that uh, the the bad guy whose name I've already forgotten uh, <laughs> that he has. And it's like it's a future that might happen. He's much older in this future. They're all superheroes at that point. So he he has this dream literally every night, he says, and he's able to get a computer rendering of what they look like. And then. I don't know who his uh, Chloe from 24 is there. You know, he's got a Mary Jane. Oh, oh that's a, oh, that's a David no, no, Mamet's I'm, daughter. Right. But I just mean that that character, like, I, oh, yeah, Maria? I I, like, yeah, like what? But anyway, uh, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll age them down 10 years <laughs> and see. I'm like, all right, sure. If, if, if you guess Marvel, so. well, I love the marveling at 2020, 2003 technology. Yeah. Uh, with right. facial recognition software. Like, wow, if you have this, you have control of the whole world. It's like, yeah. I mean, that was kind of exciting. I don't know. In Enemy of the People. Um, you know, enemy, enemy, enemy of the state, state. enemy, enemy of, the of the state. state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it, and I get it. It's like, well, it's supposed to be 2003, but it's not like a passing joke. It's rather yeah. like a scene where they marvel at this as if we as an audience are going to marvel at something we've known about for decades. Right. Very exactly. curious choices. there. Daniel points out, uh, <laughs> keeping in mind that there's a Silk series coming, you know, a spinoff of uh, Venom. Maybe they tend to have these three or any one of them show up uh, in the oh, in the Silk show. Yeah, Silk series. Yeah, I was thinking of movies. But uh, yeah, look, stopping. I'm not saying that it's impossible that we couldn't see anyone or any of these characters. Um, for Sony's sake, they should hope they have uh, they have Sydney Sweeney signed to some kind of deal where she can't say no and she has to you know play that character and something. But we'll see uh, that uh, you know. And uh, yeah, uh, again, Cowboys fan. Uh, there was uh, Dakota Johnson in an interview to Games Radar said this film went through significant rewrites. 
You think? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, that is that is insightful. I'm I'm not making fun of the fact. I'm making fun of the fact that, uh, yeah, there's uh, two writing teams listed, and uh, one of them, by the way, being six total writers. Was that one of them being the writing team who did Morbius, who are past guests on Geekscape, and you know, I've seen them talk. They're great, very interesting. You know, it's just they seem seem to get the assignments of movies that uh, you know aren't well received, but. You know, uh, anybody who's who's written professionally knows that from what you turn into what turns up on the screen, there's a lot of differences, you know. So um, I think the idea of making a Madam Web movie is probably the mistake to begin with. But doing a Madam Web origin story, you know, if it's a Spider-Man movie where he encounters Madam Web, that could be very interesting, you know. But giving us this story, setting it in 2003 is the part we're going to talk about now. Part of that, I think, is to establish, you know, 20 years later in modern continuity of these Sony movies, you could have these characters as superheroes, as the visions that were seen. So I think that that's uh, that's a big reason. But the other reason for that, I think it's set 20 years ago because this is this film has some absolutely unspoken Easter eggs that you don't have to be particularly comic book literate to pick up on at least one or two of them. And uh, from the moment that you're told that Adam Scott's character's name is Ben Parker, you're like, hey, I know somebody with the last name Parker. Sure, I know who that is. And then maybe you think like, oh, Uncle Ben's an important, important part of that story. Okay. Oh, they're going to a baby shower for his sister. Oh, Mary. Oh, and her, her husband Richard is away on business a lot. Wonder if wonder if he works for the for if he's a spy or something. Well, we don't know that because we don't see it on the screen. And um there they do play around with a moment where they talk about by the way, I've never I, I don't go to a lot of baby showers, but I've never heard of a baby shower. One of the games is guess the baby's name. I don't know anybody who's wanted to tell people the baby name until after the kid's born. You know, but maybe somebody else can give me exceptions to that. But they don't, you know, uh, Cassandra has these moments where she goes through deja vu and she experiences things in sort of a different way as part of the web. So we don't actually hear what the baby's name is, but I think we can assume the baby's name is Peter. I know it sounds crazy. I might be jumping. And at one point, Ben talks about how he's met someone. And they're really important. And Cassandra says, what's her name? And he just kind of stares. And she's like, oh, it really is serious. So here's what I thought. And I told Eric this. Here's what I thought was going to happen in the post credit scene of the movie. Uh, was they're in the hospital. Uh, baby Peter's been born. And, uh, you know, uh, Ben was spending a lot of time with his new nephew because his sister needed some help because the baby came early. Richard's off, you know, not fighting crime for the government or whatever Richard Parker does. Uh, And I thought that maybe his girlfriend was going to show up at the hospital and it was going to be Marissa Tomei. Maybe they would have like de-aged her. So she looked like uh, my cousin Vinny because it's supposed to be like 20 years ago, although that's 30 years ago. That's not the point. But no, this movie was not interesting enough to even do that. There are no end credit scenes. I do. I I should probably... uh, I should probably, you know, warn everyone. But uh, my my hope was actually a little different, which was a a baby body, Tom Holland's head. 
on the baby body. Oh, like those E-Trade babies in the Super yeah. Bowl commercials? Yeah, you want to one Completely. of those. And in this movie, it would have been, we would have been like, yeah, why not? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I'll tell you this. It wouldn't have been the worst thing in the movie. <laughs> no. Wait, well, it, since we're t- in our theme of this movie is not effective at its goal. Uh, S.J. Clarkson, the director of this, is something I, I did a little homework on. Because I was one of the things about this is, you know, we've seen a lot of kind of uh, action scenes that I would describe as just kind of maybe dull, a little lifeless, um, or generic, I feel like would be the one that usually falls on a lot of these sort of second tier and third tier superhero movies. This was the one, though, where I, I you know, was joking before about they thought it was a rehearsal. There's moments in these sort of supposed to be high stakes, high octane action scenes that it, it looked like the actors were were literally like marking it right. Like when you when you rehearse, you you know you don't always. It's hard to give a hundred percent in every rehearsal. Not to mention right. safety wise, you sort of make sure you know where you're going, where the camera's going, where the lighting is. So you mark it. You sort of figure it out. There are moments where, like remember when they're running on the subway. And also like, oh, run. And and they move at like half speed. And and I thought this that was the surprising thing here. It was done in a way I'm like, okay, maybe this director just finished film school, did one independent feature that went over well, and they gave her a Marvel film, which has happened a couple of times. But kind but of, no, yeah. she has not, been you're directing. not too far off, yeah. No, but she's been directing in the TV world for decades, including yeah. a show I loved from back in the day, uh, Life on Mars, which is uh, there was a British oh, and an American yeah, one. I mean, the American ver- the American version is uh, one of the worst endings for a show ever. But yeah. it was interesting to follow uh, until I'm told the, the British version is amazing. Yeah, the very last episode was uh, as as we like to say, garbage. Um, to the technique you're talking about, Daniel Drew is talking about the many shaky camera moments. Oh, I, I didn't have... even mind that. I'm I, I was yeah. I mean, more when the camera was still and you would see that... the movement and like. Yeah, that was among the least of our problems. Um, I, I did a I did a quick, uh, you know, quick search of uh, Twitter, which uh, some people, you know, say, uh, hello, X world. And uh, so this is somebody named uh, Kyle Arking. And I just the succinct way I just want to give him the credit for saying Madam Webb is a wretched experience at the movies from its nauseating editing to its awful script to some of the worst performances of the year. Sony has delivered a comic book movie that spits in the face of all comic book fans and viewers alike. Talk about wasted potential. I'll disagree on that last part. I don't know how much potential there really was for this, but the wretched experience at the movies, I'm like, yeah, you kind of nail it there, uh, Kyle. Uh, You know, that's, I I don't uh, disagree uh, in, in any way, really. And uh, there was, uh, there's two more that I want to share because, uh, you know, usually I will uh, deride the uh, comments on Twitter on, on movies. But uh, uh, TJ uh, Fincy says, Madam Web was pretty bad, but Dakota Johnson was funny. And there's a whole sequence set to toxic and some cute found family stuff that doesn't quite land, but I'm a sucker for it. He disagreed with all of that. But the last thing he says is the ADR is so bad, it's funny. And if it hadn't been for that tweet, I wouldn't have remembered to mention now the ADR for people who don't necessarily know uh, can be called looping. It's the ADR stands for additional dialogue recording. And there's a number of reasons why sometimes, you know, the mic doesn't quite capture it or you decide you want to give a line a different influence or different impact. 
But a lot of times you add some ADR lines to uh, pick up the pace of a script. Something's not answered in what you film so that it's just like, you know, and, and bad ADR you'll notice where it's like, I'm talking like this, but then I'm also saying something really important and it sounds like this. And then it goes back to sounding like this. So the ADR, there's a few times where the ADR is like, is this, is this the finished print of this movie to what you were saying about, did they film the rehearsals? You know, uh, is, is this, uh, and, and you're saying it's automated dialogue replacement. I thought it was Absolutely. additional, but all right. No, but that, but it does that job. One, and one, of, one of us teaches, one of us teaches for film school. So I'm going to yeah. have to uh, see. I, and I did it, in a, but just so you know, I did it in a private chat. No, no, you I, did. I, yeah, I, you did call me I out. Get, I, it, no, I get it, no. If points. you make a mistake, I always call you out. No, no, no I mean that's all you do. Um, but yeah, yeah no, and it, it's one of my favorite ADR uses ever was in uh, the original Suicide Squad yeah. when, uh, in speaking of rewrites, recuts, re-edits, re-everything, that one may be the most extreme, and uh, except for Justice League, and th there's a part when they introduce is it Slipknot? Is that the guy's name? Or I or so, yeah. I get that in the 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 new metal band confused. New metal band, yeah. <laughs> or is it corn? I don't know. And Slipknot shows up, and someone's like, "Oh, that's Slipknot. He can he, he can climb anything." Like, it, but it's you don't even hear yeah. you don't see who's saying that. So right. it, they realized they didn't have time for his montage, so yeah. they just replaced that little <laughs> bit of exposition with one ADR line said by no one. So you're like, who even said yeah. that? Like, I, I remember seeing that and I laughed out loud, which normally you don't even notice ADR except when it's terrible. That's when you that notice it. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, like, it's like I've talked about. Is Editing, similar, you know. Usually a score to a movie, you'll notice it if it's exceptional. But other than that, you'll only notice it if it's bad. Yeah. I'm not talking about yeah, yeah. soundtrack using licensed music. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about actual score, instrumental. When mm -hmm. it's bad, you're like, Oh no. Uh I've I've had people that want to fight me over the Michael Mann Manhunter movie, the with the introduction of Hannibal Lecter with the 80s music in it. I'm like, you're love kidding. Oh yeah, I, no, I'll fight I, you. I, I, I would recut that movie with real music and see what it looked like. But uh, sure I had a, I, I had one more uh tweet that uh I wanted to share uh before we wind down. This is uh Ben parentheses meter. Uh, Madam Web has to be one of the worst comic book movies in recent memory. The actors try their best to save this ugly mess of a movie, but they struggle with what they're giving. Features some terribly edited sequences, a fairly boring story, and lacks any thrills. Uh, that's the thing about dealing with Cassandra's like web and connecting. She has a whole conversation with the bad guy in a diner, and I'm not quite sure how that happens because he doesn't show up. And then she prevents those moments from happening. She's in an empty diner. He's somehow also there. And he's dreaming this every night. Every single night he has the same dream. Uh, you know, and so I'm not really sure how her abilities work. And she has to go yeah. back to Peru to meet the spider people. <laughs> and that's not the... That's not a strong sequence in this film. I'm not. I'm going to have to say. Even right. that sentence. You know, sometimes you you sort of forget how bad something is when you're watching it. But then when you say it out loud, you realize it's terrible. She has to go back to Peru to meet the spider people. Yeah. That that's like my, my, like my uncle Irving would have described a scene that way. But yet that is dead on. 
That is exactly yeah. what she does. She had to go back to Peru to meet the spider people. I'll be back in a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Which, by the way, uh, let's just say she wasn't dressed to go to the jungle. Oh, I, oh I'm so, so Oh, wrong. And sorry. I don't want to get in the way of a cow- Cowboys fan. In oh, there. I don't want to get in the way of Cowboys for Sony fan. As usual, apart from uh, Andrew Garfield, Toby McGuire and right. uh, Emma Stone. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I they they have cast good leads. I mean, Tom Hardy as Venom is great casting. Even Woody Harrelson as Carnage is good casting. You do have to follow it up with a good script. Yeah, it helps. You you know, and what I think also too, what you're talking about is this thing some of us use called logic. And one of the most frustrating things in a film filled with frustrating things is the severe lack of logic that happens with these characters. Like, you want to get behind characters to an extent, especially in a superhero movie, you, you don't want a Tony Soprano character front and center unless you're doing the Venom movie, I suppose. So you want characters that you, you can root for and care about. You don't want to see them die. And yet, every step of the way, they found ways to make these characters seem like adults. These three high schoolers, and again, high school doesn't mean dumb. They were told lay low, and mind you, they they almost got murdered. So what happens a, a few hours after they they almost get murdered? They're at a diner dancing on a tabletop for these random uh, high school football players. Now I have not almost been murdered, thank God, but I imagine yeah. hours later I'm probably still not in the mood to do dances on tabletops. Well, I would by the way at least a day. By the way, one of the things uh, our buddy Daniel Drew commented on in, I don't know if he posted this or I think this was in his, uh, I think this was in his review. Those girls do walk away from a lit campfire. And uh, I, I I forgot to like make a note, but when he said it, I'm like, oh yeah, I did think that in the moment. I'm like, all right, so maybe, oh. maybe uh, Cassandra's going to see the fire when she gets back. Nope. They just nope, left not, it. No, not a plant yeah. at all. Um, yeah. wait, and you, that might be the one moment you and I both might have had an overlap of losing our minds was when suddenly she drove a car, what seemed to be in the middle of the forest. Yes. And, and then they're like, oh, we're, we're right next to a diner. And meanwhile, it looks like they're in the, the, the they might as well be in the woods where the, the girls from Yellow Jackets are stranded, <laughs> you know? And then somehow, oh, you just go a couple feet and there's a diner. Um, it, it, it's, this happens repeatedly, though. Even Dakota Johnson, who's supposed to be, uh, you know, a, a EMT, an EMT, a really brave job, you know, one of those like truly selfless workers out there. Sure, yeah. And yet, for her, it's like, oh well, uh, you girls, uh, yeah, you, you're your parents' problems. Let them deal with it. She knows they're going to get murdered if she lets them go. And yet, she more than once is like, yeah, this is not my problem. This is your parents' problem. And so then we're supposed to care about her, but it's like, I'm sorry. She's literally like these high school girls are just out of their depth. She at least has a slight image of the big picture compared to them, but she also has actual survival skills. Correct. And, and yet is like, yeah, sorry, ladies. uh, Bye. Good luck getting killed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Daniel Drew is, uh, you know, we're getting him fired up now, right? The EMT doesn't care about kids. What? And uh, yeah. And you know, there's the moment where she's about humans. She teaches them, you know, like uh, you know, basically CPR, and it's like, you know, Some what, of the Cassandra, worst CPR I've ever seen. By the way, you're you're a good teacher, and I'm like, you're not a good teacher because <laughs> the person who you'd be helping would not survive. <laughs> uh, you know, I did almost lean to you. I'm like, oh, I'm sure that's not going to come factor in at any point later in the movie, but no. I don't think it actually does. Right? They don't oh, actually oh. perform CPR. Oh, do they do? No, because she drowns at the end of the right, movie. Right, 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 right. 
Um, but there, there's even a moment earlier where she's using CPR to save one of her friends. And the way they, they put it together, she tried for 10 seconds and then stopped. And they go, there's nothing you could have done. And it's like, well, actually, yeah, you could see if you can get his heart going again. Yeah, but it was like, a few things you could do. E- e- EMTs, you imagine EMT pulls up, someone's in cardiac arrest. They're like, well, uh, well that's a that's a tough, that, that, that's a problem. Um, Yeah, we're going to go, but good luck. That was basically the logic of her is she didn't even try to save his life. And her uh, uh, pushing like this isn't quite it. It's I know it's it's being it's it's being comic book store guy. But the yeah. truth is, like, if you have a character who is an EMT and you are filming a lot of scenes involving EMTs, at least get the CPR stuff right. Because we a lot of us have taken those classes. You probably took that right, Christian. Like in baby classes, yeah, you that was part CPR? of yeah, that was part of ba- part of baby yeah. school, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, not I, a di- neither of us are medical professionals, but we have the rudimentary knowledge of CPR. Most adults do, and I, somehow, I pro- yeah, I could have probably consulted on the CPR in this movie better any than of whoever us could. actually oh. did. Yeah, but that yeah, that uh, so, lost my mind too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Daniel uh, did have a point. I think they did okay with the time powers, uh, but I don't know. Something felt off about the editing. So even Daniel uh, being, you know, largely not dissatisfied. So I want to take a quick moment before we wrap up. Uh, Daniel talked about something that I didn't think of. Uh, so there's Marvel related issues with this movie. Uh, it takes place in 2003. Is just odd. We kind of talked a little bit about you know some of the reasons we thought by you know why that would be uh and in the comics cassandra's a mutant now that you can't do that because it's sony i don't think it really matters you know venom without spider-man you know they're able to make that work uh i'm guessing what they actually did was based on some actual mythology but it was just a bit cheap there's some other aspects that i won't mention since they'd be more spoilery daniel you should spoil this movie for everyone because the real spoil would be sitting down thinking that you're about to see a good movie i think that what you want to do is warn people about this movie you know uh you know like uh when when on my honeymoon i i got off the the ferry uh in greece and uh the 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 car service from the or the bus from the hotel wasn't there to get us and uh, immediately some guy started uh, talking to my wife and I about how he would give us a ride. And some lady who like, you know, sold coffees there, she just made eye contact with me and shook her head. No, like this, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 we'll be OK. So, yeah, I, that's what I want to do <laughs> for people about this movie. It's almost like I should stand outside where where we went. The uh, that, that was actually the story of Christian's first marriage, uh, which <laughs> yeah. ended abruptly that day. But the second marriage, things went much better. Yeah, right, exactly. And look at this, Cowboys Van 92 subbed to Geekscape. Uh, subbed to you, by the way, you went live. Uh, like your cool vibes. Hey, we do have cool vibes. So thank you, uh, Cowboys fans. And uh, we, and we, we're not going to we're not going to say that we feel bad for uh, the way your season ended. We're, we're going to have to admit. Nah, that yeah, you got but some New York lovers here. But, this, you know, this is not the show for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we wouldn't so, do that shit. That's you know, all right. That's, we're just, that's, that's we're, and you know what? That's what we should be able to do is have fun. And, and anyway, in any case, I just want people to know how strongly I feel about this movie. And I think it's important. And don't let anyone tell you that I like everything that gets put out, all the Marvel movies that come out. You um, and I tend to be, I think, of your your web that is the Black Cast part of Geekscape Network. Yes, you know, you and I tend to be more the optimists. I feel like in that crowd. Yeah, and yet I, I mean, I look, and it's the same. It's the same with DC. Nothing. It's the same with anything. When yeah. I sit down, 
I just want to enjoy a movie, any movie, you know, I, I, you know, wanted to enjoy the first Suicide Squad movie, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I thought that I might enjoy the second Suicide Squad more than the first one, you know, and I, I, I tend to be optimistic. I don't. So this is an exception because I had the expectation that this movie was going to be bad. I would have loved to have been proven wrong, even if it was one of those where like, you know, the first act was okay. You know, I I will tell people that I think the 2003 Daredevil with Ben Affleck, I think the first act is actually a very good superhero origin story. It does go off the rails and I know you don't agree. But in general, like nobody seemed to like Thor Love and Thunder except us. You know, Uh, I think more people like the Marvels than uh, like Love and Thunder. And uh, I it was a it, it was dense. It was a bit of a mess. I kind of liked the Eternals, but I can't say good things about this movie apart from like one person being cast and you can't do a good job on casting if your lead is not convincing not compelling and honestly judging from the other q a that we shared earlier not invested in the film or the product we'll just go ahead and quickly revisit that for a second for the three uh, (laughs) spider-man uh tom holland movies yeah (laughs) <laughs> Should I just go in faith? Yeah. Oh. Nothing Spider-Man. going on behind those eyes. Yeah. Here's here he comes. Here he comes. Yes. That's yeah. number one. Yep. Spider Man. I saw back. that film, but it wasn't a Spider Man movie. The other no, one, no, that's the last uh, one is, part six. Um, at uh, the Goblet of Spider Man. <laughs> I also saw the Goblet of Man by mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a very Goblet. different movie. Uh, in any case, uh, yeah. I, in any event, I, I just don't know. I I don't know where else to go. I loved the fact that we had our adventure, Eric, the fact that you and I were able to have our fun filled day out at the AMC 16 in Burbank, California. Uh, If only we had seen a better movie, but I mean, honestly, just take a look at us. Look at how happy we are in that moment. This is after we saw the movie, by the way. So we might be playing it up a little bit for the camera. These these may not be uh, genuine, happy smiles, you know, because we did have, uh, let's see, two, four. So there were 11 people in our screening, you know. So but uh, we were happy for those those minutes that we were there. I will say not to defend uh, public nudity or public, uh, oh, you know, uh, yeah, act, sure. lewd, lewd conduct. Uh, but this but would they, be they, the first time that you don't uh, defend public nudity and public conduct. <laughs> yeah, I know. well, listen, we all try to change as we get older. But the the guy who uh, got arrested for uh, uh, masturbating to Sydney Sweeney in this movie, one, he must have been very efficient because she's barely in the film in a sexy outfit, and two. Right. At least he got some pleasure out of this. So to his credit, he turned lemons into lemonade. And I'm, I'm very proud. Wow, that's definitely what he was trying he to do. I, and I, I hope it wasn't the guy he, who sat behind us. No, I assume he was kicked out of the theater before he turned lemons into lemonade. But also, <laughs> maybe he was just trying to stay awake. I mean, <laughs> that's entirely possible, right? Oh, uh, well, also, for those, she's in it. Go she's, as Spider Woman or Lady or whatever she, that character, Spider Woman, Spider at one Woman, point, yes. at one point in continuity. That's not the Jessica Drew Spider Woman, but it's, right. it is right. it is a Spider Woman. Yes. So it, the problem is she was dressed in that outfit. So 
for such a brief amount of time. He might have started with that, but he would have completed to Adam Scott. Oh, my God. Which goodness. is definitely not. By a the way, the best thing about this headline is uh, source. Madam, Madam Web, Web update. updates. Oh, so that, it's like that's when these websites news. cite one another. Uh, and uh, for those of you just <laughs> jumping in, we did talk about a man was allegedly removed from the Madam Web screening for masturbating to Sydney Sweeney, uh, the Julia Carpenter Spider Woman. And we don't know if it's true. Uh, and for the sake Does of it matter. people who go to people who go to movies, we hope things like that aren't happening. When in doubt, uh, print and, the legend. And Daniel saying uh, he had about ten or so people. Four of them were a family. Who brings their family to this movie? I love my children uh, too much. Yeah, and honestly. Maybe like you know your 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 kid is like okay the little girl who like hands her the drawing and you want to see your movie it's probably the only family I can imagine going to or, see this well or a fifteen year old who might have uh, stars in his eyes for Sydney Sweeney right now that's fair I won't lie yeah. to you. and and I'm trying to actually so usually if I go see a Marvel movie like this uh, before I could see it with my my older son uh, I'll go see it again it's fine but but this is one this is a tall order. So um, my younger son and I came up with the idea. We're trying to convince my wife that this was like a Barbie, you know, really sort of strong female message driven film. So she'll take him instead of me for a second viewing. Well, she saw through our lies, unfortunately, very quickly. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't work. So nope. what you can what you can do is, uh, you know, we do still have some functional drive ins here in Southern California. So you could find a drive in uh, yes. where it's showing. Point the car with your son towards that screen, and then you and your other son sort of sit in the back and look at the other screen. And you guys tune to different stations on some like earbuds, and then you can just watch something else. That's the uh, only way to do it. I think I've uh, I've solved it. Uh, and yeah, our buddy Craig Robinson with an important question: You mean you're not going to see it twice? <laughs> I can't imagine ever seeing it again. And William Walton, I didn't even realize that you went. Uh, I thought you were just uh, talking about it at the screening. I went to, there were quite a lot of people. I was surprised how many there were given the reviews I'd seen. Look, I can see like, Oh, I don't know what Madam Webb is. People recognize really. I mean, I think you, Adam Scott, I, you don't see like in the materials where people know his name, but it's like, okay, I've seen Dakota Johnson. Look, people liked those 50 shades of gray movies. So I, I don't know. People like Sydney Sweeney. I can see somebody going to see it, but you, as you said, it's not the only new movie this week, right, Eric? No, there's One Love. Uh, there's the Bob Marley film, which is where, doing where by the better. way, Bob Marley is portrayed by someone that we know is a Skrull. Uh, it was established right. last year. So uh, I don't even know if it's a real Bob Marley movie because uh, it's Skrull Bob Marley, but uh, I, I, I may check that out uh, at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll wind things down in a moment. I did see your message, uh, Eric, and uh, I I will make sure that. Uh, well, it's a response to also Daniel said there were two couples there for Valentine's Day, but I was going to say, well, welcome well, to the third. I hope they enjoyed their uh, relationship, which ended uh, after the probably before the credits. Uh, <laughs> don't go see it, but if you do go see it, don't stay for the credits. There's no after credits. Anything, Nothing. Not a know. thing. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, I don't think there's anything of the sort. So uh, a, a brief programming note for everyone. Uh, next week, uh, we'll be broadcasting a brand new episode of this show in this time slot, which for like a few weeks, this is our time slot that we've carved out for ourselves. 
uh, just for a little while. So Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I am very excited to next Thursday. So let's see. That is the 22nd or the 21st. Yeah. Yeah. The 22nd. Sorry. I, I, I didn't quite have it straight in my head. So next Thursday, I'm going to uh, welcome back to this show uh, the great longtime X-Men writer, Chris Claremont. Uh, there are Ooh. some great projects to uh, talk to him about. He's uh, doing a series for Marvel called Madripoor Nights, which continues the the famous uh, people know the cover of Uncanny X-Men 268 with Wolverine, Black Widow, and Captain America. It's a continuation sort of of that era, that story, uh, I believe set during uh, World War II. And then also for the first time, a reprint of the X-Men Teen Titans crossover that he wrote and Walt Simonson did the artwork for. Uh, so uh, we are going to uh, feature that next week uh, in, in this same time slot where we were on today. And uh, I'm very excited to have him back on. And uh, if you have questions for him, send them to me ahead of time. Uh, full disclosure, I'm going to record it the morning before, but uh, I want to keep it in that time slot and uh, not doing it live uh, is uh, part of part of the uh, way to make sure that uh, everything goes off without a hitch. Um, in any case, that'll be next Thursday. And then the Thursday after that, Eric and I will be back together. We'll be doing Geekscape Book Club in that time slot, talking about Echo. And uh, we will, uh, I'll post on social media exactly what it is, but there is a trade paperback of basically the introduction of the character Echo from a few different clumps of issues of the Daredevil series uh, that uh, she debuted in. So uh, we'll be talking about that. And uh, before you know it, we'll be on this show talking about X-Men 97, the brand new animated series. Very excited to be able to talk about that. Uh, but Eric, I want to give you a moment to talk about where you are and what you have going on and where people can find you. Yes. Count Eric Connor. Come stop by at X or at Instagram. Uh, Foot around social media. And uh, yeah, I think you also can find me recovering from this film. Most importantly, gearing up for my son's bar mitzvah. So it's a, you know, a, a strange time to say the least to be in a web that is myself, but I appreciate so you all watching. There's not enough time to retheme the bar mitzvah as a madam web bar mitzvah right that uh there is it, I, but uh, i might might have to hard hard pass on that but but oh, the, i, so I listen gonna... all things are possible okay and i think more people are going to be at my son's bar mitzvah next weekend than will be at the box office for madam web yeah well definitely more than we're in in the theater of all of us who have seen it Most put definitely. together from what it sounds like you know the we we talked about uh, between us, Daniel and uh, William Walton, I think that uh, you know there there wouldn't be enough to field both sides of a pickup basketball game. I don't now. Variety is gonna Variety instead of putting box office gross, just gonna list us by name because yeah, <laughs> it's easier. Right. No, exactly. I think that that might, that might be exactly uh, what happens. But it's also one of those things where. Uh, the projection for this movie is that it will finish second behind the Bob Marley movie with $25 million. I'm like, that sounds like a lot of dollars. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't think that's possible. I don't think well, it, it is over five days though. So, oh, and, and a little bit of a Valentine's day boost. Um, I don't know what couple needed this to make their love real. Well, 
<laughs> well, it maybe it's the proof that they can if they can survive this, they can survive anything. I think that like that's moving really in right before COVID struck. It's the same kind of thing. Right, exactly. Well, if uh you've enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe to Geekscape. And uh, of course, you can find my personal podcast, The Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Uh, there's a YouTube channel and there's also an audio version. You can find it uh, wherever you choose to consume media. I threw myself a birthday party last week with some friends, so you can check that out. Uh, and then uh, we're posting the audio version later this week. We did a little little roundtable uh, analyzing the uh, four Doctor Who specials for Disney+. Plus. So you can find content like that over there at the Blackcast. And uh, another show that I co-host is Who Are These Broadcasters on the Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel. Uh, this upcoming Tuesday, we'll be doing it at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So you can find that every Tuesday on Who Are These Podcasts. That is all the time we have for now. And as the great Stan Lee would say, Excelsior! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.